Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. For those who don't know me, my name is Tim, and I think I first came to PBC in around uh, 1998, so this has been my home church uh, for a very long time. Um, if this is your first time here, you're very welcome. It's great to have you with us. As Will mentioned, we've uh, started a new series called Courage, looking at the book of Joshua for encouragement, inspiration, and hopefully challenge on how we can be a courageous people for God, how we can step out and take risks for him and for his kingdom. This morning, we're going to be looking at uh, Joshua's chapter 3 and 4, Chick Hill preached a great message uh, last week, uh, talking about how we need to look for the future and not pine for the past, how it's God's job to build the church, not ours, and how, it, how we're called to carry the DNA, the DNA of God out into our workplaces, schools, colleges, universities. So if you, missed, if you missed that last week, I really encourage you to have a listen on the website. I realised um, as I was preparing um, over the past week or two that there's a lot of scripture in Joshua's chapter 3 and 4. So what I thought we'd do is, is I'd take you through the, the story, the journey, and pick out some of the key verses which God's been speaking to me and which kind of jumped out at me and apply them to our lives and hopefully to this church at this time. So as we do that, why don't we just uh, pray together? Lord, we gather together to worship you and to praise your name. And Lord, as we open your word, we pray that you would speak to us, you would inspire us, encourage us, challenge us, and that you would help us just to lean into what it is that you want to say to each one of us individually and as a church. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come and minister to our hearts and in our minds. And may we go away changed by your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're around 1400 BC. Moses has died and Joshua has taken over as leader of the Israelites. Joshua is a new leader. He's a different kind of leader to Moses. And Joshua here is leading the Israelites from Moab towards the Jordan River in order to cross over into Canaan. Joshua here is leading the Israelites towards the promised land. And in verses 2 to 6, we see a set of instructions primarily around the Ark of the Covenant and how the priests are to carry that towards the Jordan. The Ark of the Covenant uh, is a gold-covered wooden chest uh, with a lid cover, which we see described in the book of Exodus. And inside it, there was the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. And the Ark of the Covenant was to the Israelites the presence of God, the holy living God. And the Israelites are, followed, are instructed to follow the Ark of the Covenant, and it would direct them and show them which way to go. In other words, God's presence is going to lead the way. And God's presence is leading the Israelites towards the promised land. The people are instructed to walk around a thousand yards behind the Ark of the Covenant because of the holiness and the presence of God. And in verse 5, Joshua calls the people 
the Israelites to consecrate themselves because God's going to show up and do something amazing. Now, in order for the Israelites to consecrate themselves, they would move away from things which would make them unclean, and they'd move towards making themselves clean. And one thing which they would do is they'd physically wash themselves with water, and they put on fresh clothes. And this was a luxury because water was very precious, and so it wasn't often that they would use it to clean themselves. But when they consecrated themselves, they would physically wash themselves. And when we read through to the New Testament, we often see that in the Old Testament, we see these pictures. And this is a picture of how we need to be washed of our sin. We need to be washed of the things that make us unclean. And isn't it wonderful for us today that we get to come on this side of the cross and Jesus is the one who makes us clean and who makes us righteous and makes us holy. And all the wrong things which we think and we say and we do are washed away. We no longer have to walk a thousand yards behind God's presence, but now we get to run into God's presence and know his presence with us today. And the word consecration in the Old Testament is very similar to the word sanctification in the New Testament, and they're almost the same thing. But the big difference is that Israelites had to consecrate themselves. They'd have to make themselves clean. Sanctification is what Jesus does for us. He makes us clean. So we no longer wash ourselves, but Jesus washes our sins away. So Joshua is leading the people. They consecrate themselves, and he's instructing them. So Joshua knows his God. He knows where he's, where he's taken them, and he knows that God's going to show up and make a way for them. I wonder if God, if you knew that God was going to show up at PBC this morning and do something amazing, how would you have prepared differently? If Jesus was going to physically walk in through those doors, would your morning have been any different today? It reminds me a bit of when John the Baptist comes in the New Testament and he's preaching, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is near. In other words, get ready for God is about to move. And just as God moved amongst the Israelites and did amazing things, Jesus came amongst people and did amazing things. And we believe today that the Holy Spirit is moving amongst us and doing amazing things. Do we believe that? Yes. What good news that God is on the move. He's not sitting back with his feet up, but he's still moving today. And he isn't done with us yet. A pastor that I used to work with in a church in Leicester used to always say, the best is yet to come. Our best days are ahead. And he was leading a church which was growing and thriving, had around 600 people, it had different campuses growing, hundreds of people were impacted by this church, and he kept saying, our best days are ahead. In other words, God has more for us, there's more ahead. In John 12, 12, it records Jesus saying, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And so the priests go ahead towards the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, this story takes place at what time of year? Flood season. The waters are at their highest. They're above uh, average. It's higher than normal. So presumably the water is at its fastest and most dangerous. So it's even more amazing that God's going to show up at this time and make a way for the Israelites to cross. And then in verse 15 it says, When the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant feet touched the water's edge, it stopped flowing upstream. The writer even tells us that the water ends up in a great heap. 
a distance away at a town called Adam. And now the priests are standing on dry ground where the water had been flowing. Imagine the scene. They'd been walking quite a long way. Presumably they're kind of hot, a bit tired. They can see the Jordan from a distance. It's flood time. It's overflowing. And they, they walk all the way. And as soon as they get to the water's edge, it slowly starts to dry until eventually they can walk out carrying the Ark of the Covenant onto dry ground. God has shown up. God doesn't do this whilst they're still a few miles away in preparation for them for their arrival. He waits for them to get to the water's edge. He shows them his power and he makes a way for them to cross over. But God's showing something more here. He's confirming here that Joshua is their new leader. He's showing that he's going to show up and do something amazing. He's making a way for them and he's keeping his promise that he would give, his, give the nation of Israel their own land. In verses 10 and 11, it says, This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. You don't know how many times I've practiced that. <laughs> See? See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. God is teaching the Israelites here that his presence is going to go before them. And we see through, the, through other stories in the book of Joshua that this is the starting point, that God's going to go before them. He's going to give them victories in battle. He's going to make a way for them. God isn't, here isn't just doing a miracle of stopping water. He's fulfilling his promise, a promise which he gave to Abraham, Abraham hundreds of years earlier. What a journey from that point to this. The journey of Abraham having a son in old age. And then through his son Isaac, there came the descendants who went into Egypt. And then God rescued them and brought them out of Egypt and made them into a nation. And then they've got their, lead, their leader, Moses, who gives them the law. And now they've got this new leader, Joshua, who's leading them into this promised land in Canaan. It's been hundreds of years, but God's promise still stands. He's faithful and he keeps his word. And we see through the book of Joshua that it's, this is due to Israel's, their victories are due to their obedience in God and God going before them and giving them victory. And Joshua here, he has to step out in faith. He has to be courageous. He has to lead the nation towards the Jordan and across. And now the priests are standing in the ark of, holding the Ark of the Covenant on dry ground and the whole of Israel crosses over on dry ground. And once they've crossed over, Joshua instructs the 12 men representing the 12 tribes of Israel to collect 12 stones from where the Jordan flowed. And they make a memorial so that when future generations come, come along, they see this memorial and they ask what happened. And the story gets passed down. This is where God made a way. This is where God gave victory, where the presence of God is. There is victory where the presence of God is, paths are made. Where the presence of God is, amazing things happen. Joshua and the priests have to risk looking a bit foolish, step out in courage. Imagine if they'd led the Israelites on this journey and they'd got to the water's edge and God didn't show up and they couldn't cross over. What would the Israelites have thought of their new leader? What would they have said about Joshua then? 
a few years ago, I was working uh, with that church in Leicester, and I did a lot of work with a man named Andrew. Andrew was quite an interesting character. He had been homeless for several years, I think about seven, eight years, and he was in his 40s, and he'd um, had his life turned upside down by God. He'd become a Christian. He found somewhere to live, and he was now part of this church. He was ministering and pastoring other people, but he kept his look from when he was homeless, so he still had long, kind of messy hair and a big bushy beard and kind of old scruffy clothes. And he and I, on a Thursday night, I used to have to pluck up a bit of courage and we'd go out, um, we'd take out tea, coffee, biscuits, snacks, and we'd drive down into the middle of Leicester where the markets were in the day and they were just kind of left empty at night. So we'd go and set up there and every week we'd have homeless people, people who were alcoholics and drug addicts and all sorts of characters who would come over and talk to us and we'd give them drinks and bits of food and we'd have opportunities to talk to them and share our faith with them and sometimes to pray with them or talk about the Bible with them. And then on a Tuesday, we used to run a campus church for these, uh, these guys. So we used to have, the, the church had a charity called Open Hands and every Tuesday we had around 100 people would come for a free meal and then 20 or 30 people would come for this campus service on the Tuesday evening. And these were services, church services like you've never had before. Um, very interesting, different characters, just messy people with messy lives, messy church services. But God would meet us where we were at. He'd meet, meet these guys where they were at. And towards the end of the year, I got to uh, start doing more in-depth Bible studies with some of them. And God really worked and used us. And we just stepped out a little bit, and I felt very different because to them I was this kind of middle-class guy from this posh pointing place up north. And, but what I found was because I accepted them as they were, they accepted me as I was. And I built some really good friendships from just taking that step of courage, and God really used uh, Andrew and I. And we had a great kind of partnership and friendship that year working together kind of the homeless guy and the posh pointing guy, just doing this ministry together. Messy people with messy lives. Well, I think there's a clue in this passage as to why this is kind of a confirmation for the Israelites as to why Joshua is the right leader for them at this time. One thing I find about, amazing about uh, Joshua in this story is that his prime focus is that God gets the glory. The Israelites have pledged to Joshua that they'd follow him, even to the point where those who disobeyed him would be put to death. And now they're physically following him as their new leader. But we see in verse 7, God had spoken to Joshua and he'd said to him that he will exalt him. He said, today I will exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. I think if I was Joshua at this point, I may have been tempted to let a few people know, just so you know, guys, God's confirmed it. I'm the right leader. I'm the new Moses. But Joshua doesn't say any of that. He tells the people that God's going to make a way for them across the Jordan. He tells them that God's going to give them victory over their enemies. He tells them that that is how they will know that God is with them. Joshua is their new leader their new Moses, and he had to step out in courage. And then later in chapter 4, verse 14, it says, 
That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they stood in awe of Moses. Joshua was a different kind of leader to, to Moses, but they were both great leaders in different ways. And here, God raises Joshua, and because Joshua is determined that God gets the glory and that God gets the praise for what he's doing and what he's going to do, uh, God lifts Joshua into that place of leadership. And we need to be like that, willing to take risks, to step out, to give God the glory, and let God raise us into positions where we can have influence in his timing and in his way. So I challenge you, what is God calling you to be courageous in today? Maybe it's inviting that friend to Alpha. Maybe it's letting those anti-Christian work colleagues know that you went to church on Sunday morning. Maybe it's stepping out to lead something new. Maybe it's stepping out to pray for someone, stepping out to mentor someone. Maybe it's to open your home there's always new people coming into this church. We need to be willing to open our homes to people, invite them around for a meal, help people feel welcome. Maybe it's to go out and serve the homeless. Sid was here a couple of months ago sharing about uh, his charity embassy and how they go out and provide bedding and food and things like that for homeless people. Maybe it's to step out a bit more financially and to trust God with your finances and to give that little bit more into his kingdom. God calls us to be brave, to be courageous, but it's not blind because as God was with Joshua, God is with us. As we step out, God will meet with us and he'll do amazing things. It's worth the risk. As Andrew and I stepped out in Leicester, it was worth the risk because of all those people that got an opportunity to hear about God and who got discipled. And the great thing is, we don't have to walk a thousand yards behind God's presence anymore, but we get to carry the presence of God with us. He goes before us, he goes with us, he goes behind us, he protects us. So we can take God at his word, we can take some risks, and we can let God lead us into new and exciting things, individually and as a church. Obeying God usually involves some self-denial, some risk, some courage, even if all that happens is we end up looking a bit foolish. A few years ago, I felt God just gave me a little nudge uh, to go and speak to a gentleman, but I didn't really know what to say, so my opening line was something like, I think God wants me to come and speak to you. And his response was the equivalent of, oh, not that load of rubbish. <laughs> but we got chatting and we had a good chat for 20 minutes, half an hour, and I told him a bit about my faith and things like that. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if he became a Christian, if he didn't. But I just tried to be obedient to God. Equally, there's been plenty of times when I haven't stepped out and I wished, and I wished that I had. Joshua here is leading people into the promised land. But we have the opportunity to lead people to know God. We have the opportunity here to to lead people into a promised kingdom, into a promised eternity. But what is important is that we take some risks and we're willing to step out and then we give God the glory, just as the Israelites made their memorial. We can tell stories, we can share with one another what God's done. It builds faith, it brings encouragement, it brings inspiration. 
Or maybe if that person could step out, then maybe I could as well. Maybe you haven't been baptised yet because of the fear of having to come to the front and speak to a big crowd of people. Well, why not step out and come to the front and tell us your story and encourage us, inspire us with what God's doing and what God's done in your life and make that declaration of faith. One of the things that takes most courage for me is stepping out and, and, and sharing my faith out on the streets or with, with people. But God meets us when we do that. Um, a few years ago, I was out. Uh, we were just meeting with homeless people and giving out some food and drinks and, and things. And there was one man who I kind of sat down next to on the street in Manchester, and we got chatting for a little while. And he told me his story, how he'd been in prison. And when he came out of prison, he didn't have many options. So he ended up homeless on the street. Um, we got chatting for a little while, and we took him to the closest McDonald's and bought him some chips and a coffee. And he had a New Testament with him, so we shared some scriptures with him and had a bit of a chat about faith. And we asked him, are, are you a Christian? And he said, I'm not sure. So we said to him, well, do you want to give your life to God? Do you want to become a Christian? And he said, yes. And so we sat at McDonald's and we prayed together and he gave his life over to Jesus. I don't know today if he's still homeless, if, if he's got a home, if he's in a church, if he's not, if he's still following the Lord, if he's not. But we just use those moments that we had that God gave us with that man to share our faith and to give him an opportunity to give his life to know Jesus. The disciples, when Jesus left, uh, left them to go back to heaven, the disciples had to step out in courage, in boldness, in faith, and they faced immense persecution. But look at the growth of the church all around the world today because of their faith and because they stepped out. Maybe God will use you this week to share his good news with someone. Maybe it's just that one person at work, at home, on the, maybe just in the supermarket. Maybe God will just give you that nudge to go and speak to someone or, or you run into an old friend and you have the opportunity to chat. How could you step out this week? Do you trust that God will be with you? Do you trust God will do something amazing? And will you give him the glory when he does? Because where the presence of God is, there's victory. Where the presence of God is, paths are made. Where the presence of God is, amazing things happen. We're no longer a thousand yards away from his presence, but we're his presence here, here with us. And as Chick said last week, we can carry that presence out, the DNA of God, wherever we go. So let's step out, be courageous, take some risks, and give God the glory for what he does with us. Amen. Yay! I'm going to invite the band to come up. As they do, let's just let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for Joshua, and I thank you for this story. I thank you for his leadership and for his courage and, and boldness, Lord, as he led, led the Israelites. And I thank you, Lord, that your presence made a way. The Ark of the Covenant went first and made a way for the Israelites to cross over into new things, into, into a new land. And we pray, Lord, that you would take us into new things, into a new, into a new land, Lord. We've got a new leader coming. And, Lord, we pray for Reuben that as he comes to spearhead this church, that you would give him boldness and courage to lead us into new paths, into new places. Sometimes, Lord, we have to let some things go, 
things will be different or change or not be as they were. But we pray, Lord, for your best for our future. And I pray, Lord, that the best days will be ahead for this church and for us as your people, Lord, that we would step out in courage, in boldness, that we take some risks. And as we do that, Lord, you'd show up and do amazing things. And that we just then be able to share those stories, encourage each other with what you're doing, that you'd inspire us to, to go out more and more, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.